0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Rob Cujo Teschner. Rob is a professional leadership consultant, high performing team trainer, keynote speaker author and former Top Gun pilot. His focus is on teaching accountable leadership and teamwork to businesses across the globe. Hi, Rob.
1: Hi, Mish. It's so nice to be here today.
0: Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So, you know, like the first thing that everybody's going is Top Gun pilot? What? Mm -hmm. Tell us, because that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, that is really interesting.
1: Let's look at it from the standpoint of, I also find it interesting. I'm not one any longer. And I tell you, when I look at the airplanes flying around, and when I when I see, I mean, here at Spirit of St. Louis Airport, you've got F-18s coming in all the time. I feel like a little boy. I'm always just looking at this going, wow, wow. isn't that so cool? And uh, and the, the only difference is, is that I was blessed with the opportunity to get a chance to fly those things back in the day. And I was also privileged to be able to go and, uh, first of all, attend as a student at the Air Force Weapons School, and then to come back as an instructor, just like in the movie Top Gun. So uh, that was a highlight blessing of my life.
0: Well, but, you know, there's a thing of given an opportunity and actually doing something with it, and you actually did something with it. And I was, I was looking up some information about pilots such as you. And and I was like, oh my God, I mean, you, you have to be a brainiac. Yeah. No, you had like physics, math, mathematics. There's a lot more to this than, oh, I just learned how to fly the plane.
1: yeah <laughs> Yes, there is a little bit more to it, but you're talking to a political science major. Okay. So I studied political science. I still find, you know, the fact that airplanes fly is somewhat magical to me. It all is right?
0: magical to me. <laughs> I, I you know, try to explain the engineering behind yeah. it. And I'm still like, I don't know. It's really, really heavy and it still flies in the air, yes. which is amazing. <laughs> yes,
1: there's a huge magic component. So I would tell you, I was able to get through the brainiac stuff. You know, I did what I had to, to get to where it was. But the part that I really found to be the challenge that was worth overcoming and made each day so much fun was the physical challenge of flying the airplane. Okay. I mean, right. it's, a, it's a full contact sport up there because you're, you're, you're going against gravity. You're fighting against the forces that keep us all grounded literally to the earth. Exactly. And you're making decisions in three dimensions and you're and you're and you're passing other airplanes really close at really high rates of speed 2000 plus miles an hour. It was amazing.
0: That freaks me out, I yes. got to tell you. But but also I was reading that you had to like wear, special like the pants that you wear would, would help you from, I don't know, fainting or something bad like that while you're right. flying, which yes. would definitely be a problem.
1: We'd try to definitely not faint while the, we're flying. Yeah, when not you're, good. When you're, when you're pulling back on the stick and you're going against the force of gravity, that's where the blood wants to rush from your head down to your extremities. And so the pants, the G suit, the anti-G suit... Will sit there and constrict to try and force the blood back up oh, wow. you combine that with a little bit of a, of an internal system process and you can stay awake even at nine times the force of gravity which is pretty intense
0: wow mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah because i mean how how it's like 30 40 000 feet right Does sure you, get...
1: you can go higher than that really you can go fast you can go high you can, But the key is to turn. When you're turning, that's where you're starting to go against the force of gravity. Oh my and that's gosh. where the body is, is is screaming against you saying, no, don't do this, this to me. This isn't cool. Yeah. What are we
0: doing, man? Yeah. And you're
1: doing it while you're looking over your shoulders. You're looking everywhere, trying to find the bad guy so that you can stay alive and, and position yourself the right way. You're making decisions it's it's an intense office space
0: so i can't even fathom the first time i mean you're like i am going to fly this yes. for the first time i mean did you what did you do to prepare mentally for mm. this
1: yeah you basically it's such a it's such an overwhelming experience that you almost go into this this new realm of all right you know i <laughs> I trust that everything is going to go okay because there's no way that this should go okay. In the F-15 program, <laughs> the first time that you fly it, you've got somebody in your back seat. Okay. So that's, that's a that's huge helpful. reassurance. Yeah. yeah. And that person is an in- experienced instructor pilot who knows the kinds of things that you're, you might do wrong. And so that gives you a little bit of a, of a comfort zone. The first time that you fly the F-22, so I've flown two major weapon systems, the F-15 Eagle, hand-assembled, at McDonnell Douglas here in St. Louis, Missouri, and then the F-22, a Lockheed Martin product. The F-22, there's only single seat versions of that. So the pucker factor is kind of high. It's a pretty expensive airplane, Yeah. and there is nobody, there is no back seat. You better do this the right way the first time. So you prepare, you, you get into the books, you go into the simulator, and you read as much as you can about the mistakes that others have made before you, so that you don't duplicate them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that it, it is amazing to me. It is just amazing to me. And and but was it fun?
1: It was such a blast. It was such a blast. So my, we retired three years ago, okay? And I say we because my wife is just as much a part of this experience as I am.
0: Well, can we just say five kids?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's and your wife's name? Diane.
0: Diane. The
1: lovely Miss Diane. You're awesome. Yes. We're just
0: going to say this, five kids.
1: Five kids from 13 down to 18 months. Oh,
0: my gosh. Okay?
1: Um, so when we retired, you know, she asked me early on, she goes, hey, do you miss it? I said, no, I don't miss it, okay? I mean, I've done everything that I wanted to. I've crossed the oceans in a fighter. I've flown in combat. I've been, you know, I went through the weapons school, taught there. I got a chance of privilege of command. I'm good. And then the stupid air show Took place at Spirit.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's you've got gotta... you've got you've got everything to include the Raptor demo team out there, and that's where I realized that I was lying when I said that I was.
0: Okay, I miss it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I miss it. It's in my DNA. So that when the F eighteen or the F fifteen is flying at Lambert or at Spirit, I stop what I'm doing and I look up just like everybody else does.
0: Do you? Okay. So this is um, I'm going to reveal this truth about me. But as a kid growing up, okay. So my dad worked for McDonald's, Doug. And there was such a great pride in all of that, and we used to go to all of the air shows, and I would always tear up. <laughs> I would get so like in awe of what was happening yes. because there's it just it. I don't know what it was about it, but my father was the guy that you know we lived close to the airport, and he would he would always say, "Oh, that's a that's a." He was always pointing out, "That's what that airplane is." He could tell by. Listening what Mm -hmm. they were. I mean, he was so in tune. And he was a graphic design artist there. You know, it wasn't like he was making the engines. He was drawing them, you know. But but it was just so interesting growing up with that knowledge of the power of those planes. And it's fascinating to watch.
1: It's fascinating to see how emotionally connected we all become as part of that system. So when I when I transitioned, for example, personally, when I transitioned from the F-15 to the F-22, I felt like I was cheating on my true love by transitioning airplanes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had identified like a personal connection. Because
0: in a sense, Eagle. it was like your plane. It was, yeah. it
1: absolutely was. It's where I grew up. It's where I had all my experiences with it. And it was it was odd transitioning away from that. Um, But what I've noticed is, is that that same connection exists at all levels of the system. And I was privileged a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to meet with the original um, engineers that designed the Eagle. They meet I think it's every Wednesday, maybe it's every other Wednesday. Really? To this day. Oh, wow. They're still connected. Oh, how cool. And, and I, I got to sit there and listen to them as they were talking about, oh, we could have done this better, or we're really proud of this, or what did you think about this? I mean, this, we're talking about st- work that was done in the 1960s and 70s, and they're asking me, what did I think about it? And my answer was, I love every bit of it.
0: Oh, that's, that's really cool. And
1: with the perspective of the next version, the next greatest thing with the Raptor, I can appreciate even more. wonderful of a job the engineers did and then everybody on the assembly line that that as a labor of love put these airplanes together so that today they're still flying and they're still doing such a magnificent job defending us it's it's such a wonderful thing it is
0: amazing Mm -hmm. the minds that go into it well I'm gonna take. we're gonna take a quick break we will be right back I know it goes that fast we'll be right (laughs) back with Rob Okay, we are back with Rob Cujo Teschner, and I asked during the break, can't we talk about your your nickname? Can we talk about Cujo? And you said you can't reveal everything. That's but right. There are things you can reveal.
1: That's right. So if you look at if you look at things that help high performing teams to be good, you look at, at ritual as being a component, and the, one of the rituals among many that we have in fighter aviation is is that we get call signs. And um, it's kind of a special thing. And in the Air Force, and specifically in the F 15, F 22 community, the call sign that you're awarded about six months into your very first fighter assignment, that's the way that you'll be known for the rest of your flying life.
0: Okay. And
1: then in large part for the rest of your life. Right. So if people were to find out that, you know, Rob Teschner was on your podcast today, folks that I know might go, Teschner, Teschner, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. But if you said Cujo, and specifically Cujo Teschner, they go, oh. Got it.
0: I knew who that I is. I hate that guy. In- yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, they wouldn't they would not dare. <laughs> yeah, but so you know, the the core of it is and, and what makes it so much fun is that in my tribe the story only has to be ten percent true. You're given enough time to do a bunch of silly things. All right. <laughs> so you're building the story as you go during the first few months in your squadron. Um, but you also have an opportunity to demonstrate that you care and that you want to be better and that you're humble and you've got some qualities that might could eventually be molded into something useful. And that all factors into who you become. Wow. Yeah. So I was, I was very, very fortunate that on my naming night, which was a pretty big occasion down at the time I was at Eglin Air Force Base in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, um, the guys were very good to me they blended in a story that had a little bit of Stephen King,
0: uh-huh. all right, a little He's, bit of Stephen King, yeah.
1: but also a little bit of Curtis Joseph, the netminder here in St. Louis for okay. the blues of the time. All right, so they did a good job of wow. their research. And so it was funny, um, a number of years ago when I first established my Twitter account, it's got F 22 in it, um, an unnamed St. Louis Cardinal started following me who was a big fan, I know, of the St. Louis Blues, I think he thought he was following Curtis Joseph for a little oh, bit. Oh, so that's hilarious! It was like the highlight of my life. Okay, it was like the <laughs> coolest thing ever that a Cardinal was following me, and uh, that that went away as soon as he realized that I was not who he thought I was. What, you <laughs> but I got followed. Dang he it. unfollowed, but for a little bit of time there, I was cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that is, I did not realize all of that. When you know, I mean, in my head, I thought that it was kind of like the, the show Lost, where Sawyer had ridiculous things. He always was calling people silly things I thought somebody just called Cujo one day and it stuck no. but no it, there's like a whole thing behind it There's a ceremony. and then do they put it on the plane like yes. you, you, really
1: um, yeah so you're going to have it on on everything we have on our on our on our uh, helmets we've got visor covers that protect them you know when we're not flying right it, it, there's right. Cujo across it on our on our lockers Cujo everything cool. yeah yeah Yeah.
0: oh my gosh that's so cool uh-huh. so all of this amazing experience has led you to do what now <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so the short story of my life, fighter pilot, weapon school guy, squadron commander, and then cancer guy, okay? Mm-hmm. So rectal cancer comes into the play almost five years ago now is when we found it. So we're coming up on the five year anniversary of finding it and also doing the surgery to correct it. So uh, when, we, when we figured out that this was happening, my wife and I sat down and kind of did some mission planning and said, what is the best way for us to try to prevent a recurrence of this? And where do we go from here? So we decided to retire early. So we retired from the air force about the time that I pinned on full Colonel and I was, you know, I was in a good spot. I mean, things were going well. Right. Uh, We took a step backwards. And we came back to St. Louis so that we've got contingency plans built in. We've got family here. I've got family here. My wife's from Texas. She's very adamant that she's from Texas. All right, she's very proud of being from Texas. Uh, But I've got family here and I've always thought that St. Louis is a wonderful, wonderful city and a wonderful place to raise a family in. Right. Right. So we fell back over here and because my body was no longer working as designed, I had rectal cancer and they removed a huge chunk of my lower colon, which means that I can't function the way that I was designed to. Now I can't fly any longer, certainly can't fly fighter aircraft given the issue that I was dealing with. So we did an inventory just like you do on a a regular mission. When something stops working, you figure out what still is and how do you still achieve your objectives? So one could argue that my decision to base everything off of what I knew wasn't too smart because I was never the brightest bulb. Okay. (laughs) But so I I understand. I'm
0: going to guess that really isn't true, but okay. (laughs) I understand
1: teamwork because I've practiced it on high performing teams. Right. And I also understand accountable leadership because that's the essence of what my high performing teams uses in order to improve and not make mistakes in a high performance, high demanding environment. So let's teach that. Let's transfer some of this knowledge to others, right. different kinds of organizations, and see if we can make a living doing that. And that's what we're mo- moving out on right now.
0: That is so cool. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and oh my gosh, right? The whole cancer thing, which is so crazy scary. So you prevalent. Know? But, and did I read that it could have been... That you also teach about that, that this didn't have to happen. Absolutely. Had you been armed with additional information. Yes. So that's part of your message, right? My
1: message is, is that I had a completely preventable form of cancer where if I had done what I should have done when the first indications came out, I would not be sitting here today talking to you. Got you. One could argue that I'm very, very happy to be sitting here talking to you and that this is the best As place that I, I can... Oh, see, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But I didn't need to be in this position. So when you're talking about accountability, I start with me. I hold myself accountable for the fact that I did not do what should have been done. And I owe my life to two people. My wife, Diane, who insisted on a third opinion. Mm -hmm. And my old doctor, he at one point worked for me when I was a squadron commander, Dr. Adam Epic Cole. Who called me in Germany and said, "Boss," even though I was not his boss, he said, "Boss, you need to get this thing looked at." I called him a traitor. He had conspired with my wife. <laughs> ah, gotcha.
0: You know, it's good to have the. I mean, that is so important to have that kind of a support system around you, yes. though, that can help you look at things and and question and make sure that you're, you know, you're the due diligence part because it. it I mean. You bodies just do stuff that we go, huh? What, yeah, wait, yeah. You this was not something that was supposed to be happening. Body, I did That's not. Right. It, it, I find it fascinating that we live in these bodies for a really long time and they're still quite mysterious to us, yes. They, and they do think they misbehave sometimes,
1: they certainly do, <laughs> big time.
0: Well, misbehave, but also, like you said, it's. It's a thing of oh, I have to change some things.
1: You know, mine was speaking to me, Mish, and I chose to ignore it. All right, I was too busy. I was too focused. I was yeah. doing all kinds of great things, and the other piece of this is, is that I didn't. I was teaching high performing teamwork at the weapons school at the at right, Top Gun, right, While I was not practicing it in my own personal life with my non high performing team at home, I was a good guy, but I wasn't sharing yeah, yeah. information. I wasn't doing teamwork with my wife.
0: Yeah. yeah. Amazing lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. So I am recently, like, I have had this thing, in my, I've, I've got alopecia areata. I have no hair. But in my head, it was like, ah, you know, if you're going to have an autoimmune disorder. This is a good one. It affects your hair follicles. I can live without those. Then I had Dr. Matt Flory on the podcast who started talking about, you know, why you should take care of this because it can, other things can happen along the way. And I was like, oh boy, (laughs) I've been living in denial. So yes, so I am, I am now working with Dr. Matt Flory to take care of such things, but it's true because we do tend to get too busy, focused on other things. And sometimes we, our physical body, we're like, just keep performing and behaving because I really don't have time for this. Right. And the body's like, but, hold, hold on a second. Hang on, friend. Yeah. <laughs> I I need a little bit of help here, a little bit exactly. of support over here. So, yeah. well, good for you that you, mm-hmm. I mean, and I love it that you were so... Um, that you stood up and you said, hold yourself accountable and I'm gonna be in awareness with all of this and work through it and make my life awesome again. Mm -hmm. So yay.
1: Yeah, if we don't learn from these experiences, if we just dwell on the then What the heck are are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah,
0: exactly. So earth school, I always say earth school is really hard. You have to really pay attention. It's it's a tough place to be.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we're gonna take another quick break and we will be right back with Rob Cujo. All right, we are back with Rob Cujo Teschner. And it is question time, sir. Are you ready? I think so. So, you even mentioned Top Gun, the movie, but is there a part of it that just makes you cringe? Like you're like, no, that's not how that
1: works. <laughs> I'd say most of the flying <laughs> scenes make you cringe a little really? bit. Okay, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, but the, the problem is you're trying to capture something that's so dynamic. Right. In a way that the audience can understand. Right. And so, I get why they did what they did okay and so i think it was actually masterfully done all things considered but but most of the time uh when you're sitting back and you're looking you're like oh my gosh that is but,
0: not but, what we do <laughs> but you know what the first time that i
1: saw them mo- actually the second time the first time i saw it was in germany as a kid in a german movie theater which was different because it was all in german but then right I, the next time was on base with a bunch of fighter pilots and it was so cool and it set me on a- i'm like okay all right I got to do this. I've got to do this. Oh, wow. So it almost cool. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't, it, it, at the end, if you think about how, how good of a job that the movie did in terms of recruiting for the Navy, the Navy's recruitment went up like 500% did it really? when it came out. Oh,
0: wow. I yeah. didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, okay, you know, there's silly things, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it achieved its effect. And actually it's become part of our cultural DNA. Right.
0: right, no, well, we t- everybody and, there, and I, I can't tell you how many podcast guests I've had on that have gone back and talked about a part of Top Gun that somehow you know motivated them, inspired them. Mm-hmm. I mean that movie mm-hmm. pretty amazing. it is. Mm. So even though there's cringy flying parts, we, we forgive it.
1: Totally forgive it. Good In job, fact, Hollywood. I feel bad for even mentioning it. I <laughs> <laughs> well, just wanted to know.
0: You know, because like I talked to a weapons expert one time and he was telling me when people do this with their gun, when they do the sideways thing, I'm like, no, you don't, you don't no. do that. He was saying, like, how many movies he sees so many mistakes and like, no, you don't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's yeah. interest, it's just interesting. It you is, know? it is. All right. So five kids. We just got to go here. Um, Is there one in particular you think is just going to follow in your footsteps?
1: I mean, we certainly don't push that. Right. And uh, we want each each of the children to figure out their own path. Awesome. I will say that the 10-year-old Christopher has mentioned wanting to go to the Air Force Academy like I did. And and now has this dual track thing where he's going to be a fighter pilot and he's going to play baseball for the Cardinals. Oh,
0: wow. That's So that's awesome. going to be masterful
1: when he achieves kind that. Kind
0: of difficult to schedule, but I'm sure with the work with him.
1: But we're talking about the future and maybe by then, you know, being able to split yourself into two and to do two. Cloning? Th- <laughs> who knows? You know
0: something? Who yeah, knows? who knows, right? But he's,
1: he's the one guy that's talked about it. And then the two youngest have yet to declare, the four-year-old and the 18-month-old. Neither of them is.
0: 18-month-old isn't on the career track yet? Not yet.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: come on buddy i mean you, they keep going younger and younger you never know oh, that yeah he, that he's going to get into to kindergarten they're gonna be like okay now what what would you like to be when you get older anything's you know? possible yeah
1: right <laughs>
0: i love it um all right so you've shared a lot of this but is there I, i'm going to go back to you know being a fighter pilot is there some other uh fact that People get really surprised about when you when you say, "Did you know?" or "This is the case," or anything that we missed.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, a lot of times people go, "Well, I've got to fly on you know this airline from here to here, and it's going to take forever." I'm sure that you know you could get there in no time flat. You know, and sometimes we're talking about going from say St. Louis to London. Mm-hmm. You go, no, 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 no. Time out. <clears throat> Our fighters, they're big machines. They're really powerful weapons but they are actually relatively small in the grand scheme of things. There's only so much fuel on board, so We can't fly from St. Louis to London without external help. So we have, huh. you have huge air refueling machines, right? All right airplanes, which, which Boeing is building a new one right now for us that help us to extend ourselves across oceans. And when, we, when we're flying with them, we've got to fly at their airspeed. And in fact, the faster you fly when you're fueled, the more difficult it is to do so. So oh, you even you slow down a little got, bit when you yeah. do it. So, I think when we went from um, we went from Honolulu to Okinawa the last time that I crossed the Pacific, it was nineteen air fuelings to be able to get there. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean I
0: had no idea.
1: And you know, most how of us just do kind
0: you of be I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean the gas station in the sky yeah. thing. How does that it's <laughs> that hurts my head. It, how does that even happen?
1: It hurts my head as well <laughs> thinking back on it. It, it's, a, it's a series of small miracles, okay? And usually you have a really, really young professional in the back of the tanker who's flying, in the Air Force's case, a boom. And they're flying that boom into a receptacle on your airplane that's, you know, very, very small. Right. And this is happening despite how turbulent it is, whether you're in the clouds or not. And those professionals do such a brilliant job halfway across the Pacific Hitting that receptacle perfectly to pass the gas to keep us flying oh to get yeah they're, they're
0: probably like awesome at the game operation. Oh
1: my gosh. Yes. <laughs> there's no doubt
0: they probably win every one of them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't even imagine the coordination that that takes. So like on your end, it's like I'm slowing down and I'm only going and I'm going to go in this straight line, whatever that means. I'm I'm making stuff up. Yeah. I'm not a fighter, fighter pilot, so yeah. I don't know the lingo, but um, but then comes this huge jet that's like oh here's your gas. Yeah, so you fly formation times? on the
1: you fly formation on the tanker. You have to fly within a certain parameter or certain parameters so that the boom operator can fly the boom to where they need to. And all this is happening in turns. It's happening at night, it's happening in the clouds, and it's happening and it's happening consistently. Wow. It's it is a it is kind of a wow thing. That
0: and, is a wow thing. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. All right, so <clears throat> 19 times though. That's a lot. You have to be patient.
1: You have to be very patient. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: like, all right, come on. I need more gas. (laughs) Well,
1: let's put it this way. The ocean, specifically the Pacific, it's big. Yeah. It's very easy, about halfway through a nine and a half hour flight to go, oh my gosh. One of the nice things about the air refueling is it kind of increases your blood flow again, gets you thinking you're alive for a little bit. Okay. And so it's it's, it's so probably good. So does that
0: plane follow you the whole time then?
1: You're staying with it. You're you're basically you, hanging on to it. Oh, it's doing wow. all the coordination okay. for you. They're making sure that they are that you're staying within parameters. They they're looking out for the weather. And so they're doing a lot of really cool services to help you get to where you need to go with your Got team. Mhm.
0: Got ya. Wow. Now, that I mean, is interesting.
1: If you think about it, any good team um you know, is is cool to an extent. But imagine a team of teams where everybody's helping each other out to advance one consolidated mission. That's what we're talking about with the employment of air power. It's Navy, it's Marine Corps, it's army, it's the Air Force, it's space, it's intelligence, it's helicopters, yes. it's tankers. I mean it's all the stuff working together for one defined end state. And I took that for granted when I was in it. Now looking back on it I go, wow, well, what a Brilliant thing!
0: That's teamwork. Did you land on um, aircraft carriers?
1: Thankfully, no. Oh,
0: That—that's another thing. I look at and go, yeah. "How in the heck?" Because that's another thing where you got to get right at yes. the exact everything so that you catch the thing, right. so your plane doesn't fly off the. You other gotta end. put the
1: thing on the thing. Get the thing. There. <laughs> my brother Anthony took care of that for our family. Ooh. So my brother Anthony is the naval aviator. Okay, gotcha. My brother John—he was the um, army field artillery officer. So,
0: it runs in the family.
1: So that's how we've got the joint component yeah. taken care of. It runs in the family.
0: Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just fascinating. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So so tell us about you. Where can people find out about your company?
1: So there's two places. Uh, the first one would be robertteschner.com, R-O-B-E-R-T-T-E-S-C-H-N-E-R. And that's where you can find out about me as a speaker and some of the things that I do individually. And then my company, VMAX Group, Uh, It's V-M-A-X-G-R-O-U-P-L-L-C.com. That's where you'll find out about us, the workshops, the seminars, the teaching that we do to help organizations to improve continuously.
0: Very awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Cujo. Thank you, Mish. It's (laughs) so nice to be
1: here today with you.
0: Oh my gosh, that was just fascinating. I so appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And for everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Make sure to go to iTunes and subscribe. See you all later.